Hey y'all, it's Jana. This is part two of Let's Be Friends. The first one, we got such great feedback. We realized pretty much as soon as we stopped recording that we could have kept going. I know that's not shocking. We could really just talk to each other for days without stopping. We're not going to do that to y'all though. But we knew instantly that part two needed to happen. And then with your feedback and your comments, we knew for sure it had to happen. So we were really excited to record this. We decided to dive in a little bit deeper into us. You get to know us a little bit better. And we talk about how we've had some hard and tricky things in our lives where friendship has played a role and how it's helped us through it, where it could have maybe been better. So we hope that you get a lot from this week's podcast. Please keep sending in your feedback. It has been so amazing to get to know y'all on a deeper level and when you message us and stuff we do we feel like we get to know you our audience and that really matters to us so make sure that you're down you've downloaded subscribed liked commented I don't know all the things all the things that you're supposed to do I'm giving you a mental gold star when you do all those things and make sure you share whenever I see that some of y'all have shared it with your friends like that is like the greatest gift to Laura and I. So thank you so much. Make sure you listen to the very end of this episode because Laura has some exciting things to share. Okay. Enjoy. Hey, Donna. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's been a, it's been a minute since we talked. I know, I know. You were off doing your thing. I was off doing mine. And then yeah. in between, we got 8,432 people messaging us about <laughs> how hard adult friendships are. Yes. Yeah, I think that I think that episode kind of resonated with some people. So I think it's awesome that we're, we're following up with part two. Yeah, I mean, they kind of, uh, you know, we talked last about our editorial calendar and how it's really planned <laughs> out. So it's definitely, we're gonna have to shift some things around. That's right. That's right. We can, we'll adjust because yeah, it's fine. With this for y'all say so we will, we will totally adjust our calendar. Yeah. Just pivot. It's pivot. <laughs> so, oh God. Yeah. No, we've, we've, we've had some people, uh, it is hit, it is hit a nerve mm-hmm. in good ways and in ways of, oh, but then there's this, or, mm-hmm. um, one of the messages I received that I loved was, okay, you just gave me like verbiage and text to exactly what I'm going through with the fake apology, the, you know, I'm sorry if you feel hurt or I'm sorry if you think that I hurt you. Um, and the person was like, this is exactly what I'm going through right now. I was like, drop them, drop them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm praying for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The, the fake apology is so, so hard. Or the, I don't want to call it fake. Why don't we call it insincere? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just not, I mean, you're not really hitting the point. You're yeah. not addressing the deal and you're removing yourself from, you know, accepting any sort of responsibility. Right. So. Right. And that's really hard. I think that's really hard to bounce back from. Yeah. From, from any relationship, but especially a friendship. Um, well, like family. Yeah. You, you have a falling out or you have hard things. Mm-hmm. You're going to eventually, not maybe not always. I mean, <laughs> it's not always the case, but eventually you're going to have to either A, work through it or B, move past it mm-hmm. because you're family. And right. at the end of the day, you know, and I try to think about stuff, you know, just even with my family, like 
if something were to happen to them, is that like, would I have regrets, you know? And yeah, I probably would, you know? So it's like, let me do something about that. Maybe put this aside with friendships. They're much more of a choice. And, you know, sometimes people, the second things get hard, it's in a out, you know, but is this friendship worth salvaging? Is it worth working on? Right. So. right. We do have a tendency to kind of bail on friendships that we don't, we're not truly invested in. And yeah. um, that can, that can be hard for, for both parties, but um, especially, I think if the investment is unequal, yeah, uh, whether it's time or emotional energy or whatever, if it's, if, if you haven't invested at the same level, then, then it can be hard when, when one party decides, eh, we're over this. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, exactly what it is. It's that unequal investment, um, you know, especially if it's not anything right, maybe really big. Um, you know, I, I've even experienced before, it's like, okay, I, I kind of feel like I'm the one carrying the weight of this, and I'm going to just maybe not reach out as much, and let's just kind of see what happens. Yeah. And then when nothing happens, you're kind of hit in the face with, oh, okay. Huh? So, yes. So they're not texting me or calling me and then you feel like a crazy girlfriend and then <laughs> it's like, and I'm out, but yeah. Yeah. I think too, that for me, it's about adjusting my expectations mm -hmm. um, and making sure that, um, that my expectations, one are realistic, Yeah, you know, that I, that. I'm not expecting too much of a response or too much of an, a, an investment on their end based on everything else maybe that they have going on in their life or, or even just space for a friendship. Um, but also just making sure that, um, you know, that my expectations are, it's, it's not about the way I think they should respond yeah. necessarily uh, because sometimes we, we have, an expectation that it's going to be more than, than what it can be. And so oh, I mean, how much of disappointment comes from unmet expectations? Oh, a ton. Yes. In every relationship. I mean, you yeah. can apply that to, like you your said, children, to anyone, your yeah. children, your, your spouse, your church. I mean, yes. you know, different things. I mean, you know, even if you're going into a church expecting community, uh, you know, and it's maybe you're not willing to put in, or you just think it's going to fall on your lap and you're mm -hmm. disappointed. Well, that's because your expectations were wrong. Like you've got to put in the effort as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I do. I think that expectations and setting that and then having a, like a, you know, reality check with yourself whenever you're upset and it's like, am I giving this person grace? Am mm -hmm. I putting too much of my joy and happiness in their hands because that's wrong and unfair to do to them. Yeah. You know, they're not responsible for your happiness. Um, and I, one of my uh, dear friends, her name is joy. She tells her daughters, she has two girls that are in fifth and in eighth grade. And, you know, she tells her girls all the time, they are not responsible. This is, you know, referring to girl, you know, other kids at school, they are not responsible for your happiness. They are not responsible for your joy. Like that comes from within. And, you know, and so often we, you and I have even talked about like, whenever we are talking to our kids, it is like a gentle slap in the face from the Lord, you know, yeah. 
it's like, how often do I need to hear that? They are not responsible for my happiness. And that even goes for Will. Like he is not responsible for my joy. And I think in the beginning of our marriage, I put so much of that on him. Like he needed Mm. to fulfill me. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He was going to always come up short as great as he is. Like he cannot provide my joy. Hey, Hey, here's another thing. And we've experienced this in our relationship. Did you uh, communicate those expectations? No, mm -mm, no. (laughs) I mean, I think I even told him, no, you don't have to get me anything for our first anniversary. And, um, and then I might've looked at, oh, this is actually our first Valentine's. And then I looked at the receipt that he accidentally left in the bag and he had bought it about 45 minutes before. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that really crushed my, uh, (laughs) my internal vision of, um, our perfect first Valentine's, even Uh, though, you know, we had a, uh, newborn and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, lived like in, uh, an apartment and, uh, (laughs) he was in school and I was the sole, sole provider of our income working at a coffee shop. So, um, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And I, I, we struggle with that in our marriage, but I think I struggle with that too, with, um, with friendships, just making yeah. sure I communicate, you know, real communicate my expectations so that if there is an opportunity for them to help me adjust them, yeah, you know, that I, I, I give them that opportunity and instead of just expecting them to like read my mind or respond to a situation in the way that I would, which is pretty much where my expectations often come from. You know what I mean? Like thinking through, Oh, well I would have been, this is how I would have treated this. Yeah. Yeah. That can be super hard. Um, Can really cause some, some, some rub in some friendships. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of dumb when you think about it, like, I don't want to be, like friends with anybody that's just like me like I mean there's a lot of things I don't like about myself and so it's like I shouldn't put my expectations on them because my expectations are wrong a lot like about myself are wrong so you know expecting them to react a certain way and um I think too with both of us the Enneagram not to beat a dead horse but I mean (laughs) oh my gosh the John Chris if y'all have seen that video oh my word Laura shared it and it's so good. And it's like, you know, the Enneagram is not an excuse to act like a murderer. Um, but I mean, eh. but I will say, I think that um, it has helped me a lot realizing, okay, this and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, Sarah Beth, I just made up that name and I went double because we're Southern, you know, Sarah Beth over here, she responded this way. That's the way she is. And it's like, okay, let me figure out how to, how I should interact with that. But I think as you and I both being twos, we do a lot of things, um, really from the goodness of our heart, but also maybe expecting some sort of, uh, praise in return. And so Mm, just an acknowledgement, just an acknowledgement, (laughs) But I'm having to check myself a lot. And you and I were talking leading up to this, like, okay, they did not respond the way that I thought they would to my grand gesture of setting. Okay, Jonna, why did you really do this gesture? Did you do it because you wanted their like grand response to match? Or did you do it because you really love them and want to um, celebrate them in some way? Yeah. that is helping me get myself in check. What is my true motives? Because my motives are 
pure a lot of the time. Sometimes they're not. It must mm-hmm. be true. Uh, <laughs> but if I can remember that, and then I give other people the same benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they didn't respond the way that I thought they should because – that's not the, that's not the way that they receive love and that's not the way they give love and that's okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I think I, I just yesterday had this conversation about, um, uh, someone in our church that we were talking about that does some really, some really sweet little things for people. And, um, you know, sometimes it's not always received. I think the way that she hopes it is for people. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was like a reminder that that is probably what she's wanting us yeah. to do back to her. You know what I mean? And I, I yeah. told after church, I said, we need to do better with, you know, notes and like just the little things, because obviously that's something that she's, she, she views as an expression of love and appreciation and, and, um, is, is probably needing it and doing that for other people. And so I think that's, you know, thinking about love languages, the easiest language for us to speak to others is the language we speak, right? Yeah. Because yes. So like um, thinking about in friendships, you know, you may be doing all the sweet things that you think are so amazing and so mm-hmm. you know, fit, would fill your cup to the brim and they're like, yeah. you know what? Thanks. I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I just bought them some new Thrive Mascara and they don't even care. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you right now, I would, my cup would be full if I got some Thrive Mascara. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. I'm loving that stuff. Yeah, me too. Oh, gosh. Well, one thing we kind of wanted to talk about today, and um, for kind of for two reasons, because we do feel like it's a, a hot button issue with uh, friendships, but also because we thought it would help our listeners to kind of get to know us a little bit better too. And so John, I want you to um, kind of share a little bit about kind of the hard place that you're in with your health. Okay. um, Just kind of talk through some ways that people have like shown up for you during the struggle, because I think that is something that we see other people going through like chronic pain or long-term illness or just things like that. And as a friend, how do we, how do we say, I see you and this totally stinks. Um, but obviously I'm not a doctor. I can't do anything to help you, but how can I, how can I show you love and support during that? So, um, yeah, tell us about that. What do you think? Yeah. So, um, for those that are listening that do not know, um, I have had just, I mean, I was blessed with some real garbage genes. Um, so thank you, Debbie and Mike Elmar. No, my mom's always like, we shouldn't have had kids, which makes you just feel amazing inside. And so um, anyways, no, I got diagnosed. It's been five years ago. Uh, I had a hysterectomy at 29 and I really thought that that was going to kind of be the answer to a lot of the health problems I had been facing. And it was, I mean, hello, <laughs> I'm a monthly visitor. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and so that's, I've now, that's been, um, you know, seven years ago almost. Uh-huh. And, um, but shortly after that, I started experiencing just a lot of um, things that there was things that I've been experiencing, but they were just getting worse. And so, uh, five years ago, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and 
um, ankylosing spondylitis, which I think sounds like a dinosaur. Wow. Um, but it's basically just like, you know, my back and um, all of my joints are affected and stuff. And um, it was a big blow because, I mean, at the time I was like 31 mm. and really was like, oh my gosh, all I know of rheumatoid arthritis is my hands are going to be crippled. And like, that's the only picture I had in my head. And the, the rheumatologist was like, I'm going to need you to like, maybe look past your fingers and let's look at, I'm like, okay. Um, but I really <laughs> went to like a dark place and I was really sad. I felt really sorry for myself. I threw a pity party. I attended it. Um, and, you know, I had, and this is really before I met um, the group of friends that we're in. It's really even before um I started Noonday, which is how I met our big group. But, um, you know, I have my friend Joy that I was referring to. She is the type of friend, and I recommend everybody get a friend like this, that (laughs) you can text and she is going to send you back a Bible verse, a prayer, and maybe a cuss word just to like (laughs) pick you up off your bootstrap. And like this sucks, you know, and she's been through things like she lost her father. So it's not like she Mm. is just, you know, oh man, you know, so it's like, um, she really poured into me a lot and still continues to, um, and just, you know, a group of friends here that really came alongside me and prayed for me. Um, and then you get to a place where the pain gets really bad and maybe you're having failed, um, uh, like treatments and, Mm -hmm you then start to listen to the devil and the voices um, that tell you you're too much for people and there's something always wrong with you and you're always sick and you're a burden and you can go to a really dark place. And fortunately throughout that, I really kind of spoke those things out loud to Will who, you know, really kind of pulled me through a lot of that. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. but then you tell yourself, oh my gosh, like, this is not what he signed up for. This is, you know, and it's like, no, this is what he signed up for. When you say your vows and sickness and health, like that is what you signed up for. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. It is all coming down (laughs) on just you. I'm sorry. I'm not carrying that burden, but, um, but then, you know, I think that in the past year, things have gotten pretty bad. Uh, just, you know, with different, um, you know, results coming back that have been frustrating and upsetting. And I don't talk as much to the people here about it because mm-hmm. I don't want to always see them and that to always be the, the case. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's Jonna. She wants to talk about her doctor's appointment, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's amazing. If y'all did not have Marco Polo, it can be really mm-hmm. bad, but it's also really awesome because it's basically like FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um and so this group of friends that we're in, it has been super um, just life-giving to me because I can pop on there and I can say, listen, y'all, I went to the doctor, I got this result back and I'm upset, I'm mad. And then I can turn it off. And then, you know, I might get an alert that somebody's talking on there and they're on there and they're like, I'm mad with you. This sucks. And, you know, it is been really it makes me feel like I'm not a burden it makes me feel like I have people that genuinely care but Mm -hmm. aren't feeling sorry for me um so I mean I think whenever you have a friend and what I have is so little compared to what people are going through and um you know people that I mean have cancer and have lost loved ones like that 
And I think that's whenever you go up to someone and you say, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And anything I say is going to just be so small in comparison to what you're going through. But please, like, I'm praying for you. Let's go ahead and mark that down. Um, I would love to bring you a meal. So here's the thing, guys. I don't bring people meals. I order stuff. Um, because I love people and I do not want to give them my food that I have made. Um, I'm not trying to like push anything along with their life. And so, um, but you know, just really like show up and say that person really is a very private person. I mean, just really kind of take their lead. But mm-hmm. I think a big thing is, is right whenever somebody gets diagnosed with something or right when something bad happens, everybody's there. It's like when somebody's house burns down, Mm. you know what, six months later, like those people that their house burned down are Mm. still in the thick of it. They are still going through insurance claims. They are still, you know, looking, you know, to get out of their rental and get another house. They're still like living in between. And it's like, that's when those people need to be loved on too. Mm -hmm. And so even if that's setting a reminder on your calendar, like, Hey, Mm. check in on so-and-so, you know, four months down the road. Um, because I think at the beginning, people can be a little bit like ambulance chasers. And mm-hmm. I mean, listen, we see some cryptic, you know, deal on Facebook, like need prayer request. Everybody's like, oh, praying for you. What's going on? Praying for you. What's going on? You know, but like three months later, are people like checking out like, hey, I know that you're going through some things back, you know, then I just want to check in on you. Can I pray yeah. for you in a certain way? And I think just being seen and feeling like you are not a burden uh-huh. is the biggest thing whenever you're struggling with health things, because it is a lonely place. And regardless of what you try to tell yourself, you can go dark pretty fast. And, um, but I think in our friendship group, like y'all are very much like this sucks. And <laughs> we have created a term for it that maybe y'all can all adopt. Um, when I, um, I would say when I was a kid, but I still do it to this day. Um, whenever I get scared or don't want to be a part of something, um, especially when I was little, I would put my head in my shirt and um, I don't really know what to tell you. It was kind of like, um, I can't see you. So you can't see me. So it's real smart guys. Anyways. And so then I did it in front of our group of friends and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, this is what I do whenever I get nervous or uncomfortable or, you know, whatever. And they're like, you're like a turtle. And I'm like, it's my turtle time. And then we, it, it grew from there to Franklin, the turtle. And so now we'll call each other out. Like if we haven't heard from someone, like, are you Franklining? And yeah. they'll come out, they'll come out of their turtle shell and be like, yes, I've been going through a hard time, but it's more like, we see you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say anything, but we miss your presence. Mm-hmm. We miss your voice and we love you. And that right there is beautiful. So, yeah. And I think what you said about, um, I love just to go back up just a little bit, but what, what you said about showing up for people after the initial thing, yeah, that applies to so many different hard times in um, friendship, especially when I think about like grief and the yeah. loss, of, like a family member or someone that they really loved and respected. Like, it's just like what you said, everybody's there at the funeral or at the visitation yeah. days after, but what about, you know, three weeks later or three months later, or even three years later on yeah. the anniversary or on the birthday of that person? Like, are you still showing up and saying, 
hey, I know today is a hard day for you. And I just want you to know that I love you. And I'm thinking about you. Um, and that, you know, you can drop a note, you can send a text, you can um, send, I mean, if, if they like phone calls, you can make a phone call. It's aggressive. It's very aggressive. Yeah, it is aggressive. Yeah. I mean, if they if they decline it, don't take it personal. Just leave them a message. That's right. That's right. They're Franklining, and they yeah. <laughs> they need it that day. But yeah, I just I I really um, that is something I try to do. But I'm I it's I need to be more intentional with it. Um, like you said, maybe set an alarm in my phone. Or... And that might feel very like cold, but I mean the day I am bad at remembering birthdays. You and I about this. It makes me feel horrible. It's one of like I feel absolutely horrible. Like. Nobody can make me feel worse than I already feel. Um, <laughs> one of my, my childhood, very best friend, like that I grew up with, um, her name's Laura also, and she lives in Mississippi also. It's like, they're the same person. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but her dad passed away and he was very much like an, like a father figure to me, like, um, another dad. And that happened, you know, a few years ago for them. And, you know, we can go about our day, but that is something they think about every single day. Mm -hmm. And there's not a day that goes by that they do not miss him. There's not a day that goes by. So for me to just even drop her a text and tell her, Hey, I love you. I'm thinking about your dad. I'm thinking about you. Like, you know, she had a baby and it was her first, it's the first grandbaby. And it's like to know that like he, you know, like it's such a beautiful occasion, but to let them know, like, Hey, like, mm-hmm. I know that this is amazing, but I know that you have hurt too. Like, I'm telling you that goes so far For and sure. it just to feel seen and not forgotten, especially mm-hmm. with the death or the loss of someone, because I mean, you can just feel like p- the world is going past you mm-hmm. and nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody realizes that someone's so important to you is not even here. Cause they're just, you know, passing you in the line at the grocery store. So for someone to reach out and be like, I'm thinking about you today is just I think just kind of just a pat on the back and maybe just a smile for them so but on a different same hard but 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 different um you I know experienced things um where friendships probably really came into play maybe good and bad so tell people a little bit about your story yeah so, um, just out of college, I, um, got married, not to Jeff, not to the Rev. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was weird. I had some friends who I think saw some things that I couldn't see and maybe tried to help me see them. But, you know, you just, you're so, especially at that age, um, you're just so like, this is the next step. This is what I should be doing. Um, and then what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you're supposed to do. You just graduated from college. Now you should get married and I should start your career, <laughs> have a family. And so yeah. I, I was in the next steps and we were, um, we got married and, um, about six months later, um, things, the wheels started to come off a little bit. And, um, I started withdrawing even more, pouring myself into my job, which is the exact opposite of what you should do when the wheels come off in your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, began to kind of retreat into, um, whatever coping, you know, coping mechanism I thought was good at that time, which was usually work and exercise at that point. I need to, maybe I need something bad to happen now back on that exercise. (laughs) (laughs) You and I know I'm just going to go eat my feelings. Yeah, that's that's where I am now. Um, 
So anyway, um, but about a year later, a little over a year later, we separated. And um, I think the thing that was the hardest for, um, for me and for a lot of my friends too, because I had not been very honest with mm-hmm. people about the struggle because I was so embarrassed. Yeah. Um, that the things were, were where they were. And, um, so when we did separate the next year, um, it was hard because it caught a lot of people off guard and they were just they felt like it was sudden. Yes. And, um, but really it had been in a state of decline. We got married in May and by December, I was pretty sure that, that this, that was not going to work out. And, um, and I have no ill will toward him. Like I, I, we, I haven't talked to him in years, and, and but I wish him nothing but the best and success and happiness. And he was not a bad person. There was no, it was not abusive. We just were kind of headed in two different directions. And, um, it was, it was, um, not evident until after we were married. I feel like, um, there were, there were some, I don't know how to say that, but like, basically I felt like, there were a lot of things said before marriage that weren't, that kind of changed a little bit after marriage. Like uh, as far Maybe as what, just a little what, misleading. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I mean our best self and then, yeah. 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 And it was hard. And, um, but anyway, so the, the thing that, um, I still remember and, and would wreck it because this is, I mean, this is clearly something that every single one of us is touched by either in yeah. our or a close friend or a couple. Um, and a lot of times it does happen exactly like ours, our situation was, and that was it blindsides everybody because the shame that's around it. Yeah. And you try to cover it up and you try to, you know, I was trying to work in the beginning was trying to work hard enough to make it work. And just, it just was not, it was not, um, I was not at a good place spiritually. Let me say that too. Um, and um, wasn't ready to pour into my marriage probably the way that I should have as a believer. Um, but anyway, we ended up divorcing. Um, I guess it was, we married in May and our divorce was final November of the next year. And I think the thing that stood out to me, there's a couple of things, but um, I had some friends who really showed up for me in ways that I will forever be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And not just like, took, took my side and I'm going to use the word side, but like took my side, but they asked me some hard questions during that time. Like some, you know, is this really what you want? Is this, you know, not like stop being an idiot. Is but are you-, you giving up? Have you really, yeah. Tried? Have you really, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I, that's where there's this fine line. In- but how did you respond to that in the time? Cool. Um, not always with as much grace as I should, because it was a hard question. Right. So I think that's important for people to hear too. Like it might, the response might be, you know, it's like a gut reaction, you know, you you hit your elbow and you're like, Oh God, you know, like, yeah. um, I I was probably pretty defensive. Um, and, and, you know, with, and, and that here's the thing, I was probably defensive with the people who came at me in a, in a more aggressive way. Yeah. But people who came at me out of like, okay, I, I understand what you're going through, but let's, let's talk through like what led yeah. to this, like in the more like trying to help me 
and not from an accusatory way. Yeah. But a supportive way. That was, that but was also really- not like taking you out to party and like celebrate. Right. Yeah. 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 Stay out. No, yeah. not a lot of that going on. Um, but there were some people who really showed up for me. Um, I have a friend who she, <laughs> we joke that she was, um, she was a bridesmaid in my wedding and she was there on the day we got divorced too. She went to court with me that day as my she was yeah. a better, she's the one that really took the vows is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. And it was hard. That's, that's such an uncomfortable thing to ask a friend is like, Hey, will you go to court with me today? So I can get divorced. I know you just stood beside me like a year ago and, um, watch me take these vows. And, and again, let me just say, I want to say this over and over again. Um, and this is something that's been really, it's a hard conversation with our boys. Um, but it's such a good conversation because it, it really does. I was so not where I needed to be spiritually when I made the decision of who I was going to spend the the rest, theoretically, the rest of my life with. Um, and there was, there was a lot of things that really should have been prayed over and my eyes were not open to all of this because my heart was not open to the leading of the Holy spirit. My eyes were not open to the things that they would have been open to had I been in that place. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was like, you're on one of those deals at the airport. That's like kind of like a treadmill, but you know, you're moving forward. It's like, you're just kind of following like, you know, and you could have gotten off and turned around, but there's, I mean, listen, we're from the South. There are showers that have been had. There are things that have been monogrammed. There are, it, I mean, that sounds so minuscule in compared to, you know, Mm -hmm. ending a marriage, but just Mm -hmm. the pressure and Mm -hmm. the fear of disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom was married for seven years before my dad and she got married at like 19. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and they did not have children. Um, and she said, like, she knew, like, she never wanted to, she's like, I never wanted to have kids, but I realized I'd never wanted to have kids with him. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she's like, there was all these red flags and he was an amazing person. And to this day, she has nothing negative to say about him, but, um, it was her friends that, you know, went with her and she says, all I took was my records and my clothes. (laughs) And it's like, you know, but they, you know, and they didn't understand why, because he was this great guy. Um, but yes, that is, that is exactly that is it. That, that is exactly our situation in terms of like our friends. Cause, cause here's what happens in that situation is now you're, you have friends who feel like they have to choose yeah. sides, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, I think having gone through that, I, I, that was not an expectation of me, uh, of mine where someone had to choose him or me to be friends with. Yeah. Like there's still, you know, there are people who I think, navigated that really well and are still friends with both of us. Um, and there are some that didn't and they, they chose one or the other and, and went, <laughs> went with that side. Yeah. So He's in that in air quotes, please understand yeah. that in, in divorce, yeah. there are no, there are no winners or no. Um, in that situation. But um, I just think there were so many things that I learned about friendship and, and friendship in hard times during that period that um, I'm just so grateful for the the lack of judgment that some people showed me because again it blindsided them it blindsided our families um because from from the outside it all looked good and normal I also think though as Christians you know and not to like lump us all in as a whole but Mm -hmm. that's something we don't do well and I'm speaking Mm -hmm. for myself we Mm -hmm 
aren't good friends to people when we view something as a sin or we mm. view something as not biblical or wrong. Like yeah. the judgment comes in. And I mean, I'm first to say, guess what guys? Judgment's a sin. Like, yeah. and it's, yeah. um, and I think that the fact that you had people love you through that and mm-hmm. still show you like the love of God, like that is so, I mean, cause think of that, you know, that could have gone a different way. Like, For sure. And you could be a completely different person and more than likely would not be with the Rev, you know, <laughs> which, I mean, look how amazing that is. I mean, you're married to someone that just, you know, is about to get ordained and um, just how sweet God is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, Redemptive, oh I think. my gosh. I mean, how many yeah. times, I mean, it's like so much <clears throat> of my story What the devil intends for bad, the Lord intends, he will make good from it. Like he just sure. will like you and God loves you know, your ex-husband the same. And it's like, and he, I mean, he's married. Like it's so many, so much good has come from a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And so, and in reality, it's the, it's not that y'all, the, the problem was you shouldn't have gotten married. And mm-hmm. so it's like, that's where it's like, oh man, you know, and it's like the divorce mm-hmm. is hard, but being in a loveless marriage is mm-hmm. that's, that's not for anyone. And so, yeah. No. And I, you know, again, just in terms of, um, and I think this is something we've talked about. We've talked about as on on our editorial calendar, uh um, (laughs) just dealing with church hurt. Yeah. Um, and that is, that was something that really was a little bit divisive with, with some friendships too, is, is how the church (laughs) handled it. And we did try to go to counseling and that was, um, I mean, it, it's probably a miracle that I didn't turn my back on the church completely Yeah, through the church like that. I, I don't want to say that church. Let's yeah. Let's the, the church as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I, I like, you know, there, there have, <laughs> let me talk about taking sides. There were sides already taken before we walked into counseling because of, of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when we walked in, you know, I, it was it was very, it was very aggressive. Yeah. Um, and, and which immediately when somebody comes at you, and oh, already hello. Hurt, yeah, let me put my shield up. I'm yeah. To, yeah. I'm about to, I'm ready to throw down yes, my right. WWE, <laughs> WWE uh, belt on. Yeah. Sorry. About to drop an elbow off the top. Uh-huh. Right uh-huh. Um, it was, it was really rough. And so, um, but anyway, but I do, I, there were so many positives that came from it too. And, and I still have, you know, great relationships with, um, with several of the people who really walked with, with me during that time. And I'm so grateful for just, you know, the way that they showed up, they would check on me. They would, um, you know, be like, Hey, you want to go to dinner? Yeah. Um, you know, they were, they, most of them were married or in serious relationships too. And so that was hard because now I was like single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was, that was a little rough there for a minute, yeah. but, but they were so gracious and so, so kind, kind so, coming in there. Um, they were really supportive and non-judgmental. So I think that, you know, when I think about what advice I would give to someone, walking with a friend through that is don't be afraid to ask hard questions because they, they need those hard questions to think through 
what's going on, but just be very careful that the questions are not coming at them from a judgmental place, um, but from a supportive and, um, and the other thing is you may not agree with yeah. what, with their decision. I mean, they might, may, may you know, decide to proceed with the divorce or <laughs> decide to stay. stay together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you may not Which agree. That can be tricky too. I mean, uh, I mean, I know, you know, from people before, like people that maybe share, you know, bad things that are going on or, you know, wrongs in their marriage or their relationship. And then, you know, and then you maybe over talk and be like, <laughs> oh, well, I always knew, you know, and you kind of yeah. share your true deep feelings and then they stay together and guess what? Mm-hmm. It's awkward. You know, it is like. It's, it's very tricky. It's kind of like that if you knew, you know, that your friend's, you know, partner was cheating on them, would you tell them? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're like, yeah. And then it's like, but then what if they stay with it? And it's like, are you willing to lose your friend? And, um, you know, just kind of things like that. But it is, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not responsible for their reaction. I think we're responsible for the way that we approach people. And I mean, and I think too, not going away, like Mm -hmm. say that, you know, just continuing to show up. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, I know, um, I, you know, with my health stuff, I kind of just Franklin as I, (laughs) and one of my friends had kept reaching out to me, one that lives here. And she just kind of kept reaching out, kept reaching out. And, you know, I would just kind of give little dismissive texts. I was just not in a great space, like mentally, I just kind of wanted to be alone. And she showed up on my doorstep, like, Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, it's more aggressive than a phone call showing up <laughs> doorstep um, and not selling something. And so, but I, I opened that door and I saw her and I started crying because, and I told her and she's like, and she was crying. She's like, I am not going to let you just like go off the map. And I was like, you don't know, like, I didn't know I needed this until you did it. And it really, I mean, it was aggressive, but it, I will say it's brought us closer. And I look at her in such a different way. And I told her, I said, you were the hands and feet of Jesus. Like you really, really were. And she didn't bring anything. Like it wasn't like she showed up with flowers or, you know, banana bread, which would have been super nice, but (laughs) she just really showed up with open arms and a hug and, and just told me that she loved me and that she was praying for me. And she knows that I'm in a hard place. And, um, and it just really like, I mean, I called Will sobbing, um, Granted, my parents were here and my dad walked in from the back porch and was like, daddy. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is why people shouldn't just show up at my house. He might do some other things too that were mildly inappropriate because he was trying to be funny. And it was so. But, but showing up and not taking no for an answer, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, a, in a polite and loving way. And so. For sure. For sure. But I think the last thing to you, um, that I I would say is uh, and just in general about friendship is sometimes we feel helpless because, you know, we don't, we can't do anything to fix it. We can't, you know, I can't fix your health struggles and, you know, but to, to say, I mean, I think we've said this before, but just to reiterate, like sometimes we think that just praying for somebody is not enough. Like it it feels it feels empty, which is horrible to say, but because I think it's just thrown around, but if you, yeah. you know, like I'm praying for you, you know, here, yeah. pray an emoji. So yeah. Yeah. But when we really, yeah. You know, when we really say I'm praying for you and then get on our knees yeah. on that 
behalf of a friend and truly pray for healing, for repentance, for um, restoration in their relationship, for um, comfort, whatever it is specifically, I, I just, I, I just cannot oh. tell you times that right there and just the peace that 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 person often feels in yeah. that someone is actually you know not just prayer hand emojiing somebody but actually doing it um it's just the greatest gift you can give in a in a relationship and a friendship ever well the greatest um, thing about your job is your commute because mm-hmm. um gosh, yeah. we always know if we catch laura <laughs> at the right time like she is going to pray for us the entire way yeah or from work and it's yep. And that's the thing too, is like to get friends that, you know, like I need you to pray for me and you know, like, because I know for me, there are times I felt so helpless that I can't even like pray for myself or I feel Mm -hmm. like God's not hearing me because I feel like nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm just like, I need y'all to pray for me. I mean, that's me saying like, I need y'all to carry me right now because I can't carry myself. Mm -hmm. And to know that that they feel honored to pray for me the same way that I feel honored to be let into their life. And to pray for them. I mean, there's really nothing more intimate than to be able to pray for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's just huge to friendship. Um, so, yeah, for sure. This we didn't even discuss that we were going to talk about this. But have you had and don't 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 name any names if so. Okay, okay. I really okay. don't know this answer. But <laughs> have you had any friendships end in your adulthood, like aside from your divorce? Ooh. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I have. Yeah. I it would be like ended in a negative. Yeah, way. just more grown apart kind of thing. Yeah, just, um, you know, maybe just different stages of life yeah. or mo- someone moved in the relationship and just kind of lost touch. Um. I don't feel like I've ever had just like a complete falling out with someone. Yeah. Um, and thankfully well, think- I'm probably not listening to this and going, um, <laughs> yeah, we fell out three months ago. <laughs> I'm asking you this because you and I had a falling out and I just want to see if you realized it. No, no, I just think that that's something as an adult, like you don't expect because it feels like you've moved past, you know, the playground fights and mm-hmm. um, the drama and the he said, she said. But I think it just comes into different things um, when you get older. Um, yeah. And I think the stages of life, I know for me, that's kind of the things that it's like, we're just different people now. And that feels hard. And mm-hmm. let's go back to being the same people we were. But guess what? Like our kids are completely different. And our spouses are in different things, you know, and I just think that that's something that's super tricky and to let it go. Um, and then, but I've also had friendships that maybe did end like, mm-hmm. and, but I've also seen those friendships like come back around, mm-hmm. um, you know, as time is kind of, you know, right. Oh, we're kind of back in similar places or uh, gosh, you know, I know that was maybe a lot then, but I just, you know, this is what I really appreciated about you. And, Um, but I think it's okay. Like, I mean, um, one thing that I know, um, our friend JJ that we have referenced on here a few times, (laughs) she's kind of our guru. Uh, she calls, um, she says that she, you know, in their family, they refer to them as friends and friendlies Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's funny because 
my grandma used to say to me, like, I'm not going to tell you, you got to be friends with everybody. Uh, <laughs> because there might be somebody crazy. Like, I don't necessarily want you to be friends with, but you need to be kind to everybody and you need mm-hmm. to show everybody the love of Jesus. Um, right. I think that goes for friends and friendlies. Like, not everybody is meant to be friends. Right. And that's why there's, you know, I don't have the latest senses, but I think there's like one gajillion people on this planet. <laughs> and it's like the same reason there's all these churches and mm-hmm. there's, you know, just different restaurants. It's because we're so different. And, um, but I think just being friendly to people, like a smile mm-hmm. and being kind. And it's like, I've started telling my kids that like, you don't have to yeah. be friends with everybody, but you do need to be friendly. And mm-hmm teaching them not everyone is going to be your friend um yes. kind of roughing up that skin because I'm very sensitive and to a fault and I know that that is a hard road to walk and not wanting them to think that this, this person doesn't like me what's wrong with me it's not something that's wrong with you it might be you could be weird I don't know <laughs> but not everyone is made to be friends with everyone and kind of just accepting that and right. appreciating it and being thankful for the friends that you do have and right. being thankful that maybe God is protecting you. Like, have you ever tried to, for, like, I've, there's people I'm like, oh man, I want to be their friend, you know? And then it's like, okay, God's like, I don't, probably not best for you, you know? Yeah. Not and, a good fit. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I probably, you know, I probably have had people move from friend to friendly. Just, yeah. But not, I don't naturally. Really, just more um, naturally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not like in a okay. This is this is yeah. I'm friend. I'm friendly zoning you. Not even friend zoning. I'm friendly zoning you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I think this goes to show that there's a lot about friendship, and oh, sure. I'm sure we will address it in part 87 coming Christmas 2020. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, we'll still be talking friendship uh, down yeah. the road for sure. It probably will creep into a lot of our our other topics too, because it is such an important part of our lives. And yeah. I mean, we, we need friends. That's for sure. Oh gosh. I mean, it's, you know, Jesus surrounded himself with the disciples. I mean, he did not walk this world mm-hmm. alone and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they disappointed him and they mm-hmm. met the crowd and mm-hmm. they hurt him. And mm-hmm. I mean, one of them, good gosh, you know, betrayed him. betrayed him. I mean, hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Let's maybe not look for Judas's, but <laughs> we forgave him. I'm like, and so, I'm like you put Judas in the friendly. <laughs> yeah, I, Judas, you got friendly zones. Hardcore. <laughs> so, oh my god. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Donna, tell me, tell me what's good in your life. Uh, what's good. What do you see? Left? This weekend, this past weekend, we had like a down weekend. Um, mm-hmm. No soccer. No. No. Williams doing like seven on seven football right now, and. Um, it was so nice. And so we uh, binge watched The Widow on Amazon Prime, which if you have Amazon Prime, making sure everybody knows, like you have access to like all these shows and movies. Yeah. Um, and it was The Widows with Kate Beckinsale. It was really good. It was like a quick watch, maybe like six or seven episodes. Um, I mean, I say quick, we really did not move off the sofa, um, but it was really good. We loved that. So I would recommend that. Um, and then this is going to sound weird, but kind of speaking back to, you know, Jesus and Judas, uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, Lent right now. And I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and mm-hmm. what is Lent other than what you pull out of your dryer? Um, <laughs> And then 
I went to um, a Methodist church uh, as I got older and um, it was, you know, observed and everything, but I never really understood it. And so I did get the She Reach Truth uh, Lent study and awesome. it is not like fluff and like great little anecdotes. It is strictly verses. But uh-huh. um, I told Will, I was like, I'm not going to like give up something like, you know, social media or something like that, because I don't fully understand the purpose of Lent, um, yeah. if I'm being completely honest. And so it's like, I want to understand it. So I understand what I'm giving up and uh-huh. why I'm giving it up. But one thing I was like, but I would like to make some changes. And um, <laughs> I mean, it's a vulnerable moment. One of the things that I've tried to um, give up, I've already failed some, is a uh, cussing. <laughs> so I listen. It happens. It happens. It does. And uh, I even told my kids, and I go, "Well, that's that's good." And so um, we're gonna need somebody to send John a, a, that I love Jesus, but cuss a little. Shy. A little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my grandma, God rest her soul. Uh, Bertha Nell, she would, um, she believed certain words were not cuss words. And so oh. I won't get into those because they okay. were bodily functions. Um, okay. and <laughs> so like I just, and so I just was raised with this woman that was, I'm talking her Bible, like fell apart multiple times. She would call into the radio and win Bibles for people. And then we would go pick them up from the uh, local bookstore, have them embossed and then drop them off people's house. Like she t- was you know taking her neighbors to church like loved Jesus loved the Lord but man did she know how to drop a <laughs> drop a cuss word here and there and I just grew up with that so I just thought it was okay you know it's fine and so um it is not it's not my most attractive quality and um I need to work on it and I'm trying I'm trying that's, good. that's really good so um, it is making me mindful so every time I want to cuss I pray <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that's what Jesus intended it for. Yes, that's exactly the purpose of Lent. What are you loving? <laughs> Save me from myself right now. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll continue the, continue the conversation about Lent. Is uh-huh. um, So this is, and I'm going to just kind of, this is my, the way that I have, it also grew up, let me say first, also grew up in a Southern Baptist church and was yeah. very confused by why my, my friends would come to, to school with ashes on their forehead. Oh, I bless them, yeah. Um, you know how many times I've told somebody they had something on their forehead? Nice. Yeah, how many times? And all on the same day. This, yeah, this this um this year happened to me several times. So, yeah. um, anyway, um, so this is this is the the quickest and best explanation I have ever heard about Lent. Lent is about reflecting on the sacrifice that the Lord that Jesus made for us, um, and it's an emptying of the things that are keeping you from being close to him. Well, so that, I so that the Holy Spirit can down be, because this is a good what? way to get it in my brain. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's a season of like emptying, basically emptying yourself of all of yourself, like all of the things that are distractions. Like, yes. Yes. So that's the best explanation that I have ever heard. Just like it's an emptying of self so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit is is basically um, the short version of that. And so one of the things as I started thinking about what I wanted to do for Lent, I started thinking about what's the thing that I need to to give up? What is what's the thing that I'm running to clinging to when I'm stressed? When I think I know what it is. 
Yeah. What What do you think it is, Donna? I'm going to guess Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's like my day didn't start until I've had a Dr. Pepper. My If things get wonky in the day, I want a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. There's nothing better than happy hour at Sonic. I was about to say, are you like a can, a bottle, or over ice? Oh, I don't care. I Just all 23 flavors on okay. whatever format they yeah. come. Just get it I, in. Just get it in my body. Yeah. And so that is what I have given up for Lent and my replacing it has been an effort to memorize scripture. Oh, that's good. So, um, have a couple of accountability partners that, that are working with me on that. And, um, I've fallen off the wagon a little bit cause it was our spring break. And so I just kind of took the week off, but we're back on track today. Hey, hey um, Jesus didn't fall off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> So we're getting back on it. Yeah. But the thing that I have tried to like kind of get through this awful headache and um, just give me a little boost because, you know, yeah. when you drink all the Dr. Pepper and then you don't drink all the Dr. Pepper. Uh-huh. This is called body, a straw. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an addict. And um, so I've been drinking a lot of the diet green tea. Oh. Which, yeah. It's actually pretty good. And it's, um, it's doesn't have any calories and um so that's a added bonus I expect to be really skinny on Easter so um we'll see we'll see um but anyway so that's yeah is it the what what brand is it the I I like the Lipton yeah um and so that has been my replacement but um the other thing that I'm loving and this I learned about from the girls over at the big boot cast oh love them uh, there's the greatest is the Nivea cream in the blue tin that Pop they talk about. Yep. So I ordered it from Amazon Prime. It's like, I don't know, what is it, seven, eight dollars or yeah. something? And it's like a tub. It's not a tin. It's like you could slather your whole body. And that's a lot of surface area for me. And so, and not feel bad about it because yeah. it's only $10. But it is, it is totally changing my skin. Saturday, we sat out at the ball field all day and it was so cold. My hands were yeah. so chill. So when I got home that night, I put it all over my hands and I woke up the next morning and you can even tell that they were like dry and chapped. They felt so good. So I'm using it on my face. I'm using it on my dry legs. Well, and I looked up because the whole deal is like Jamie Golden said the first like few ingredients, which are the main ingredients are mm-hmm. the same as La Mer, which is like a hundred dollars. And yeah, the no. same for your face. You put just like a little bit mm-hmm. stuff is hard to rub in and you rub it yeah. in, in your hands and then you like to like almost make it translucent and you put it on your face. Right. I have been putting it on my elbows and my legs. I mean. Yep. yep. It is so good. And it is, um, we'll link, we'll, we'll link. Because the trick it. is it has to be made and distributed in Germany because right. some of them will say like made in Germany, but then you get it and it'll say like distributed from like Thailand. And it's like, mm, that feels, feels like it's not Germany. So <laughs> that um, is not yeah, so, so we that is a direct a, one. Yes. Yeah. This is this is good stuff. And I am that's my other my product this time that I am really um I'm just I'm kind of loving it. And like I said, you it's oh my god dollars and I mean Were you again, shocked when it came in the mail? Like how big yes, it was? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, I should have ordered more of it. But I feel like this I can use for a while. Like yeah. it's even fitting it all over my body. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like head to toe. But it, I mean, a little goes a long way because you it got does. to rub that stuff in. Like it, it takes a minute. And so mm-hmm. 
it's I mean I think because mine's got to get through like sandpaper so (laughs) it's a force field (laughs) yeah uh uh-huh exactly it's got to penetrate uh well this has been fun and it's I think it just goes to speak like this is something everybody has in their life is Mm -hmm. friendship some form or fashion whether it's a struggle or it's all amazing or whatever um I just think that we all I mean nobody prepares you for adulthood you know no 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 and and I think as a as a teenager you think you look ahead and you're like oh gosh friendships have to get easier but no in some ways in some ways they do in some ways they do I think it gets harder to make friends as adults You know, I think that it's easier to make friends as kids because you can walk up on the playground and be like, do you like rocks in the color blue? Want to be my best friend? Like, I can't tell you how many times Anna's come home from, like, maybe, like, some, like, tumbling night or something. She's like, oh, I got a new best friend. I'm like, what's their name? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. She's got, you know, brown hair and uh, she likes dogs. And it's like, oh, great. You know, lock it in. It's your new bridesmaid. But I think as adults, it just gets harder because there's more hurdles to jump through. And so, um, and I feel like the stakes are a little bigger too. I mean, they are. I mean like chronic your kids, and yeah. illness and death and, um, you know, divorce and all kinds of things like that. So yep. definitely, definitely in a different ball game for sure. Yeah. But hey, you know what? what? I'm really glad you're my friend. I'm glad you're my friend too. So, and you're my friend, not my friendly. You're one of my yeah. dear, my dearest yeah. friends. That's so, right. Uh, <laughs> no, no, listen, I, I friend zoned you. And so, uh, well, I sure do love you, and I appreciate you, and I pray that everyone out there has a friend that they can count on, and just that they can reach out to. And if you listen to this, just text somebody and tell them you love them and you're praying for. Them. That's our challenge to you. Yeah. Text a friend and tell them. What Don't call. Are. That's aggressive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, friend. Love Bye. You. Hey, y'all. Wasn't that the best? I'm so glad that we decided to extend that conversation. I think there was so much in there about loving people who are hurting. And let's face it, y'all, we are all hurting. It may be a private hurt and it may be a hurt that everyone else knows about, but we are all struggling with something. So I hope that you have walked away from today um, with a few things that will help you as you try to figure out how to love on the people around you. And maybe you need to share it with your friends. Maybe they need to know how to love on you because you're walking through a difficult time. Either way, we're thankful that you're here and we consider you all friends because you're showing up and you're supporting us every other week. But speaking of that, we have some exciting news for you. We are going to be bringing you content every week starting next week. We are so excited to um, kind of just answer the call that you guys have given us of we want more. And so we are super excited to be coming at you next Thursday with an episode that I think you are going to love. We are going to be talking about mom guilt, y'all. It is a real thing and it is a real struggle. If you have children, if you are going to have children one day, this is a conversation that you definitely 
do not want to miss. Whether you're a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, um, some combination of that, um, part-time, whatever it is, we all go through seasons where we really struggle with um, not being able to be all the things to all the people, all the little people, <laughs> and sometimes all the big people in our lives. And so we are going to be talking through some things that have helped us. Um, and please don't know, please don't think that this is like a, we figured it all out kind of conversation. We are still struggling with it on a daily basis. And that's really where that conversation came from. So be sure to subscribe, be sure to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, um, leave your comments and reviews. Be sure that you are connected with us because we want you here in this conversation. So we will see you next week. We can't wait to chat. Settle down, girls.